0: Dope Black podcast. Hi, my name is Marvin Harrison, and welcome to the Dope Black Dad's podcast. Today, I wanted to share a conversation I had on Times Radio, which absolutely blew my mind. For anyone that doesn't know, there is a policing crisis in the UK, and since as long as I've ever remembered. As far back as the 70s, if not before, black people have had a problematic and challenging relationship with police officers, and in fact, law in order in this country as a whole. The Times Radio uh, producer reached out to me and said, "Is it something that I would like to speak on?" It's one of the topics that are very, very close to my heart, primarily because it's something that I experienced. So I am a black man, I am now almost 40, and my relationship with the police, as long as I've ever known, has always been that of fear, control and coercion. Um, I've had a couple of really bad runners with the police, but some of the most simplistic ones were uh, being pulled over in my car. When I first got my car, I bought it from a, a secondhand used car dealer in Hackney, and I remember within, you know, first three months, probably been stopped six times. Um, I had my license, I had my insurance, I had my tax and MRT. Everything is in order, but continually being stopped. So even now, when I see a police car behind me, when I see a police car um, in my view, I am prepared to stop. I'm looking for where I can pull over the sirens go off and I'm I'm, this is like 30 years later it's not 20 22 years later I'm still very cautious and aware of my engagement with the police that's the light stuff being stopped to search in the scheme of things are are relatively light um, in comparison to some of the other things that have happened I've seen them clean go up to a group of black men and do a group sweep um, and put them all in vans and put them all in temporary handcuffs and start to search them up against the wall and they were doing this systematically every single day in the summer holidays uh, when i was a teenager so between 16 and 18 i probably had about 30 different interactions with the police none of them good at one time uh, we were standing outside an area and the police came drove up speedily cornered us all threw us against the wall and then proceeded to uh, put me in the back of a car saying that I'd been ID'd as someone who had committed uh, a robbery on somebody. And the the most insane thing is is I had literally just come back. It was Saturday. So anyone from a Pan-African Caribbean, Jamaican African household will know Saturday mornings, late mornings are for trips to your local supermarket and food market and you're buying meat, vegetables, fruit, cleaning products. You're that's where you are on a Saturday morning. So I just came back from there. So it was physically impossible for me to have been that person to have been ID, but somehow in their minds, I was them. And I, I just remember just like actually pleading like it's impossible. Like call my mom. That's where I've been all day. It definitely wasn't me. And there is no form of conversation, um, reconciliation, repair, atonement, support for anyone once you've gone through that. So my mother had to pick me up from the police station. Now obviously my mum knows where I was, so she knew, but at the same time for her, the worry is it's like, who am I outside with or who else is outside where these things are happening? And it just created a, a, a fear in my mother, also a friction between us because she didn't want me to be anywhere. And I didn't want to be penalised for not doing anything. But also every time I see police officers, a van or, or cars driving up, we, I spent most of my time just looking up, mainly because I didn't want the experience again. And for me, the worst thing is when you have a poli- experience with the police and there is no logic, no apology, and they don't treat you like human beings, they treat you like you are nothing and you deserve it and you should just shut up and take it. And I think that relationship was continued. So the Buchanan family, which I talk about in um, this piece, um, really moved me when I saw that. The son was being held down by two rangers. Rangers aren't even police officers. They're just private security who have handcuffs for some reason, who are monitoring a community town centre, believing that those people, for some reason, because they're black schoolboys, were going to steal from the shop. So they followed them into the shop. And when they asked them what was why are they following them they just jumped on one of them and put them in handcuffs those people should not only lose their job they should 100 face persecution how do you how are you able to be hired by a private company to monitor what training did they have so i would have been absolutely livid so in this i'm keeping it together as much as i can but this subject moves me and for anyone who doesn't know richie brave was having an amazing conversation on this so please looking to Richie Brave, uh, he's on BBC One Extra, and he had a session talking about this with Sage from Antivity, the Met Police Commissioner, a series of conversations about this. And amongst this and the conversation I've had with The Times, still very little um, real apology, um, real repair with our community, real change that's happening in a speedy way. Um, I've also talked about whenever I was invited by the the St. Anne's police force in Tottenham to take part in ID parades in exchange for 10 or 15 pounds. I can't remember how much it was, but this was happening in school time. This was happening in school time in my school uniform. They would invite me and other black boys who looked like me to take part in ID parades to make up the numbers in the ID parade alongside other guilty people. So I spent my afternoons once a week on a Thursday. I would travel to St. Anne's from Highbury and at the end of doing the id parade they would give you 15 pounds cash i don't know where the 15 pounds cash came from i don't know if it was legal my parents were never asked or involved or made aware of it i'm obviously thinking i'm making money um but how on earth can you hire children minors 15 pounds for an hour to stand in a line and pretend to be criminals alongside people that have been alleged to commit a, a criminal act and in exchange for money and in school time in my school uniform so they would give us t-shirts and jumpers i don't even know where they got these t-shirts and jumpers from they probably were police officers clothes to wear to cover the uniform because they didn't want us wearing our uniforms and actually the only reason why it stopped is because the case fell apart because one of the boys who was um accused actually went to our school and then he had committed a crime against somebody else allegedly who went to our school. And so he knew the difference between all the boys because we were all from the same school. So he picked him out and he was found guilty and the case collapsed because it was like, well, all of those boys were from the school. So the ID parade wasn't uh, sufficient. And then the case collapsed and then they stopped calling people from our school. That is the only reason why it stopped. So, yes, listen to this conversation. Um, It's a big one for me, and thank you so much for Times Radio for covering this really important topic. I wish my relationship with the police officers was that of um, other people in this country, but I do not see them as an ally in any form of way for anything that's happening. And I think when it comes to my children, who are the people who I love the most and protect the most, I'm constantly having to reframe my conversations with them, understanding that every time they get a little bit older, my son stops looking like, a sweet, innocent boy that he does today and starts looking like a man to them. When does that happen? Does this surprise you, these these, these new numbers from the Children's Commissioner for England? It, it doesn't, it doesn't. I think it doesn't because uh, these are the types of things that happened to me um, in the early 2000s. And I know these are stories from my uncles from the 70s and 80s. So inherently, I, it doesn't surprise me. What I would have hoped uh, during that 50-year period is that, you know, the numbers would have improved and a relationship with the black community would have improved. So in in many ways, it, it, it doesn't because we've become very well knowing that this is what the police forces are in the UK are capable of. It just disappoints me because I think we've had watershed moments in recent times where clearly post George Floyd, there is an urgency about the relationship between the police and the black community, but also some of the uh, in, injustice and uh, acts of violence against black people that happens. Uh, has happened at such a scale now that we are all familiar with it that you know the fact that i have to teach my children how to interact with the police specifically as a part of his developmental process and that's been going on as long as you know my my family have been here post Windrush, is really disappointing and really sad and actually it's something that needs to be addressed way more systemically than it currently is how how do you teach your children what what do you say to them well, for me, it's trying not to scare them, to be honest. I, I want them to actually be able to exist without constant fear. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about my my first instances started from 11, 12 years old. It's just being out playing and then being pulled aside and searched. You know, I was formally, informally strip searched um, at 15 myself inside a police van. So for me, when I'm talking to my son is to let them know that not all people are good and they can be bad police officers. So if you ever interact with someone or you see it, Uh, Please make sure that your best behavior until I get there. Um, And he's seven. I shouldn't have to be having those conversations with my children, but if you don't, The other side of it, I think if we talk about the experience of the Buchanan family, Mm. that experience, if that happened to me, I, I wouldn't be the same person afterwards. And in fact, I wasn't the same person when that happened to me at 15 or similar things happened to me at 15. So that young boy now has been changed for life. He's been forced to become a man under the circumstances of those security officers and then subsequently the police officers who didn't come in and support him in any way, shape or form. Well, there has to be an understanding of education and training for yeah. police officers that black doesn't inherently mean a potential criminal. Mm. And I think a lot of that has been socialized and purveyed across media, across broadcast, across um, uh, 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 people's families and over generations. And so there's almost as if if you just see a young black person, it's likely there could be a chance of something. That, that whole framing of black people in this country needs to be addressed and that's a much broader issue, mm-hmm. but specifically the police officers need to be trained above the normal standards of a normal human, human being. I don't expect to hold a police officer to the same standard as a person in the pub. And so what we're actually asking for is a wider review about how black people are socialized in this country and I think it creates a cycle of trauma and a cycle of Um, disenfranchisement and a lot of black people just plug out from law enforcement as a possibility of someone to come and save them and aid them in the most important times. I wish my relationship with the police officers was that of um, other people in this country, but I do not see them as an ally in any form of way for anything that's happening. And I think when it comes to my children, who the people who I love the most and protect the most, I'm constantly having to reframe my conversations with them understanding that every time they get a little bit older my son stops looking like a sweet innocent boy that he does today and starts looking like a man to them when does that happen Dope Dope black podcast